wrap up our series we started at the beginning of all this quarantine and as we're coming to an end we want to finish this up the God of provision Psalms 37 and 25 I have been young and am now old yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread and uh, going over to Joshua the first chapter now after the death of Joshua the servant of the Lord came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give unto them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses." Amen. We're continuing part six tonight of the God of Provision. You may be seated if you are not so. Amen. Over the past six to seven weeks, we have been going through the scriptures and examining story by story. Situation by situation, obstacle by obstacle. And what we have observed just this short time and just a few first books or pages of the Word of God, what we have examined and what we have observed is that it doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter how bad it looks for the people of God. It doesn't matter how many terrible decisions that they have made uh, to get themselves in a predicament. What we saw is that God can come to your rescue. It doesn't matter how far away you are because we serve the God of provision and we have seen in his word and we have seen him do that deliver his people and bring his people out and and provide for them and call down bread from from heaven and, and, and part the Red Sea. We have seen God do that in his word. Um, and we also have witnessed it in our own eyes, with our own life and our own situation, that God is our provider and that he will always make a way. His arm is not short, that he will not forsake the righteous. He will always be there. He will always bring us out and bring us through, and he will always break through the walls and the barriers and the chains in our life because we serve a God who is the God of provision, and he will not leave us or forsake us. And so no matter what situation it is, Our God will be there with us and for us. From the time that God spoke to Abram and made him that promise that God would make Abraham's seed as the stars of the sky, as the sand of the seashore, and the time uh, and that they would become a great and mighty nation, the, the promise and the covenant that God entered with Abraham, the amount of time that it took for that one promise, just that one promise that he made to Abram, the amount of time that it took for that to come to pass is a lot longer than you and I would expect for our own life. 
It took God over 500 years for Israel to become a mighty nation. Over 500 years until Israel would inherit the land that God had promised them. 500 years. And we want our prayers answered tomorrow. But Abram's prayer and his promise and his covenant didn't come to pass for over 500 years. And let me tell you that it may not happen when we want it to happen. But I'm here to tell you tonight that it will happen at some point in your life. At some point, God's word will come to pass because it cannot return void. And when God says something and when God promises and and says and speaks it, it will come to pass. It may not be on our time or on our schedule. It may not even happen in our lifetime like Abraham had witnessed, but it will surely come to pass because the word of the Lord has declared it and we know that we can stand upon it. And it may not come when we expect it, but if God said it, if he promised it, it will happen, it will come to pass. If God is able to keep a promise for over 500 years and carry that promise every single day with each new day that he made he's putting things in order to get to that day uh, to those events and adding those things in to make sure that that day gets one day closer to his plan and if God can stay on track for over 500 years and fulfill every single promise and satisfy every minute detail of the covenant. Don't you think that God can handle your situation that you're in right now? Don't you think that he can watch over you and provide for you for these two months and beyond? This is not a hard thing for God to do. If he can handle something for 500 years, and keep everything in order, then surely he can handle your situation and he can bring us out of our situation. If God can handle 500 years of problems, 500 years of obstacles, 500 years of setbacks, and still perform his word like he said he would, then this two-month coronavirus thing is going to be a piece of cake for our God because he can handle anything. And don't let the spirit of fear that is driving this COVID-19 get into your homes and into your minds. Because our God can handle this. Our God is able to come through and bring us through this situation. Because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Fear may shut down the cities and countries, but fear should not shut down the people of the Almighty God. We should not just be afraid like an unbeliever is or a sinner is. Because we do not have that spirit of fear, but we have power of love and of a sound mind. And we have the spirit of the living God living inside of each and every one of us. And so even if you've lost your job because of all of this, or whatever situation or whatever hardship you you may find yourself in at this moment, just take a second and... Compare your situation 
and see how that lines up with what God has already proven that he can do. We like facts and we take comfort in finding the facts or the numbers or the verified uh, testimony of, of things and by the account of witnesses, surely it's established and it's a fact. And so, well, let's look at the facts. Uh, one month of unemployment or one month of hardship or, or whatever situation that we are in right now, one month of that and compare that with building a nation from scratch and wiping out a world superpower and leading this nation through a wilderness and finally giving them a land of their own and walking with them every single day. He did this for 500 years. It took 500 years to do that, which sounds a lot harder to do. Do what God did for 500 years or deal with our situation that we've got right now. I'm here to tell you that if God has already proven that he can handle for something for over 500 years and complete it with perfection, everything lined up in order just like he said he would, I know that he can bring you through your situation. I know he can provide for you. I know he can give you a job if you need a job. I know he can heal you if you need a healing. Why? Because he's already proven himself that he is a God of provision and he will not leave his for, forsake his people because he is always there for them and will make a way for them. Joshua 1, part of our text tonight, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land, which I do give unto them, even to the children of Israel. In every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you. As I said unto Moses. Now we've been walking through this series and we started with Adam and Eve and uh, we moved to, uh, we talked about Abram and, and, and Noah and, and Joseph and talked about Moses. And last week we talked about uh, how God provided for the people even in the midst of a wilderness. He still provided for them and, and they got up all the way to this point tonight where we are talking about where he's finally fulfilling his promise and bringing them into the promised land. And he tells Joshua that every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. Now we know he told Joshua that wherever you go, Joshua, wherever your foot makes contact with this earth, with the ground beneath your foot. Know this, Joshua, that I have given that ground to you because you are standing upon that ground. I have given it to you, and however far you go, whatever, with every step that you take, I will give that to you as well. But my question to us tonight is, do we still believe that that verse applies to us today? Does verse 3 apply to the children of the almighty God today here in 2020? That every place that the sole of our foot shall tread upon, that God will still give it to you and I today. That he will give it to you wherever you walk in your life. Will every place that the sole of our foot treads upon, that God will give to us. 
before our foot even touches it, God gives it to you. And that verse, I'm here to tell you that that verse has not been quarantined. Even though we may have been quarantined, that verse has not been. But not the power that enforces that verse. That power is still real. That power is still active in this world. That power is still moving. That power has not been quarantined. It's still out in the highways and byways. And the power that gives us the ground that our feet step upon is still with us today. Even everywhere we go, even if we go to the grocery store, and I know that we go there for milk and eggs and ice cream, mainly the latter part. But what also, what also happens, what happened while you were going up and down those aisles, your foot was treading upon the ground. And by the time you get to the checkout line, God's power and God's authority could have already given you that entire Publix under your domain because you are a child of the Most High God. You have the power to bind and to loose. You have the power to plead the blood of Jesus. And yes, I believe the blood of Jesus can work and does work against the coronavirus. But we just have to have the faith to plead it. Every step that we take, God can give to us. His angels can go with us and go before us and protect us. But Pastor, what if I got coronavirus at the grocery store? Well, what if you got in a car accident before you even got to the grocery store? What if you got cancer while you're being quarantined? What if you die in your sleep tonight? There are apostolics that I know that have died in their sleep. Apostolics have died from cancer. Apostolics have died in car wrecks. And even apostolics, yes, have died from the coronavirus. And none of these situations change one single detail about who our God is and how powerful he is. Our God is still a healer, even if he doesn't heal you of your situation. Even those apostolics that died of coronavirus, because God did not heal them, does not mean that God is not a healer. No, he is still a healer. He still sits on the throne. He still provides for his people. He still stands by his word because it goes forth and it does not return void. And just because we have been born again of the water and of the spirit does not change our fleshly carnal bodies that is still subject to the diseases and the sicknesses of this fallen world. We are still subject to them just because we're born again and does not mean we're exempt from the cold or a disease or a virus. It does not mean we now are exempt from car accidents and, and, and hardships in our life. Uh, if the Lord tarries, every one of us will die. Not because we're not children of God, but because it is appointed 
wants unto man to die. It's because we're, we're flesh and bones. It's because we came from this carnal earth, and so we must return to it one day. And if the Lord tarries his return, then we all will face uh, death one day. But the children of Israel witnessed how the power of God, uh, uh, the, how the God of heaven provided for them each and every single day, no matter what the situation was, God provided for them. And if God did that for them, how much more does, will he do that for a church that he died for, a church that he shed his blood for, and he purchased your salvation and my salvation with his blood. If God provided for them, he will provide for us as well. They witnessed, Israel witnessed this provision of God. And they are now living the moment where they get to see with their own eyes the fulfillment of God's covenant to bring them into the promised land. And so we must make the proper analogy. Uh, We must understand that the promised land, and we know it was a physical uh, land, it was a territory for the nation of Israel, but uh, it symbolically applies to us where God can take us to a, uh, a new place, a, a new uh, dimension, a new level in God, a, a new this, a new that. And so it all, it all connects to us, but we need to make uh, the proper analogy that the promised land, while here on earth, this is not a type of heaven, does not equate with heaven. Because the promised land, the place where God was taking them, was not void of conflict. Heaven is bliss and heaven is peace and heaven is no suffering or shame or or sorrow or or none of that. Uh, But the promised land was not so. It wasn't void of enemies. There were still battles that they had to fight. And that is why at first they did not enter the promised land Because they imagined in their minds that they would just show up to this destination and Uber Eats would deliver food to them. Milk and honey would be dropped off at their front door and they just showed up and said, God, we're here. Bring on the milk. Bring on the honey. We're here. We've arrived. Let's bring it all to me. But once they heard that there were people there, that were already living there, people whom they would have to fight and remove from their homes and remove from the lands. And and as we talked about last week, they said, well, we'd rather go back to Egypt and eat those free meals. We'd rather do that than fight and and defeat these giants and, and to face the people of the land. And because they thought the promised land was going to be easy peasy, That's why they never were able, allowed to enter it, because they had a wrong, skewed perception uh, of the promised land. It had to be something they would fight for, because if it's easy and if it's free, it's probably not worth too much. We know in life that things that are free and things that are easy, they don't have much value, but 
if you have to fight for it, if you have to buy it, if you have to purchase it, if it, if it costs you something, if, if you have to fight for it, that means it's worth something. It's worth a little bit more than the free stuff. And, and if the enemy is fighting you, then you've got something of value in your life, that God has given you something that the enemy does not want you to have, he doesn't want you to keep, or he doesn't want you to reach in your destiny. And so, and, and don't just think about material materialistic things, your calling is valuable to you. Your anointing is valuable in the promises that God has made to you, but you haven't received yet. Those are valuable, and those are worth fighting for. It's not here to be easy peasy and living for God, but, but we got to make sure and understand that God brings us to the promised land, and it's still, there's conflict there. There's still going to be battles we have to face. There's still going to be devils we have to bind and cast out. There's still situations that we have to, 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 to fight and overcome in order to receive everything that God has for us. And so just because God has promised us something does not mean it's, it's designed just to dethrone in our lap and say, here you go, you made it. Now just sit around and not do anything and, 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 and be good, be a good person. No, uh, the, the children of Israel were promised this land, but they had to conquer it. They had to fight for it, and they had to defeat the enemies uh, of their land in order to inherit it. And so wherever God has taken us, wherever God has taken you in your next level, your walk with God, uh, it's exciting to cross over into that new territory, that new domain. But we have to realize, uh, yes, it can be a promotion, uh, viewed as a promotion. But we have to understand that there's still going to be situations there. There's going to be giants that are there waiting for us. There's going to be the enemy there trying to uh, discourage us and try to get us to go back to Egypt uh, because of the free food and, and bread there. But we have to realize that no matter where God has taken us, that there's always, we have to be ready to fight. we got to be on guard at all times uh, because it's something of value and something that's valuable is worth fighting for and it's worth keeping. But no matter where we are, God will provide for us. He will take care of us. He will meet our needs even if it's in a terrible situation, if we're in God's will, God will provide for you. If we've made mistakes, God will provide uh, forgiveness and grace and mercy and get us back on track. No matter where we are, God will provide for us. But we have to understand that we just don't sit around and sit back and just expect God to do everything and inherit this, these great blessings of the promised land. Building a nation wasn't easy. Crossing the Jordan and fighting the inhabitants of the land wasn't an easy thing. But it means that there's something valuable there, and they had to put in effort in order to get it. And so Israel is in the same place that we stand today, uh, on the, the threshold of a new experience, on, on the way to a new level of living but if we think that we're going to get there without a fight, without a struggle, uh, without a hardship, then we are just as mistaken as those that died in the wilderness. Actively living for God is not 
an easy thing. Waking up in the morning to pray before, uh, while the whole world is asleep is not an easy thing to do. Discipline in yourself is not as easy as it sounds. And making sure you're ingesting the bread of life daily is not an easy thing. Fasting is not an easy thing. Maintaining separation uh, from ungodliness and uncleanliness and unrighteousness is not always an easy thing. And so all of these things and more are not easy to do. Otherwise, everybody would doing it, be doing it. Every church would have the, the standards of the apostolics if it was an easy thing to do. And I commend each and every one of you for fighting the good fight of faith because I know it's not an easy thing to maintain a separation in such a world as this. And so if we are passively living for God, probably not doing much of those things that I just mentioned, and therefore in your mind you're probably thinking, yeah, it's easy to live for God. But if there isn't anything, e- there isn't anything easy about picking up your cross every single day and following after Jesus, that's what a true di- uh, disciple does. That's what a true Christian, a true apostolic does is, o- is obeys the scripture and Jesus said, you need to pick up your cross every single day and follow after me. That's not an easy thing to do. That's a hard thing to do and we need to make sure that we are doing that because we know if it's hard, if it takes effort, that means there's value there and we have to pursue after that because God has something greater on the other side of our valley, on the other side of this storm, on the other side of this situation. As long as we are willing to fight and cross over that Jordan and defeat whatever lies on the other side, God will bless us and give us something even greater. But transitions are often difficult, but transitions are necessary. If we are to be all that God has called us to be, we're going to have to make transitions in our life and uh, many transitions throughout our life in our walk with God because God is always calling us to a a higher plane, a a deeper depth, a, a newer dimension and those are always transitions that take place. And so transitions are never easy, but the people of, of Israel had been landless for nearly 500 years. They didn't have a place that was their own. They didn't say, uh, this is our country, this is our land. For over 500 years, they, they had no place, real place on this earth. But now God says, go over and take this land. Go over and fight and, and conquer this land. You're, you're, you're more than a conqueror. I'll be with you. I will drive out the enemies with you. But you got to be willing to fight for it. And this is your promised land. And so at this point in their history, God begins to transition his people from a, a, a nomadic culture, just kind of a wandering purposeless people. I mean, they've always had a calling. They've always had a purpose, but they've never really uh, attained that level. They've never reached that promised land yet. They've never had a place of their own, and so they've kind of just been a wandering for for their entire existence. And now, 
uh, God is transitioning them into a nation of conquering warriors. Take a, take a nation that has never really fought for anything, that has just have been slaves their whole life and been given food and water and bread, and they've, they've, they've never really had to, to, to fight too hard for their, for their meals. And now God takes them out of that uh, country, out of that territory, and says, here's a sword, now you go and fight and conquer and, and, and kill these people. It's no wonder why the transition took 40 years to come to pass because that first generation, they, they just couldn't grasp it. They couldn't understand it. They, they liked that old way. They liked that old thinking, that old mentality. We'd just rather go back to Egypt. It's easier back that way. Uh, up ahead where God wants to take us, we got to fight for that. And I'm not willing to fight. I'd just rather go back to Egypt and be slaves and be fed every single day. And so you cannot act and, and believe that you are a, a wandering, purposeless uh, people and have that mentality and say, let's go and fight and, and conquer these people. Two, those two mindsets cannot exist together. You have to get rid of one and you have to grab a hold of the other one. The choice is up to you. The choice was up to them. And that first generation chose that old thinking that says, well, let's just go back. Let's just remain purposeless. Let's just remain wandering in our calling, in our wilderness, because we're not willing to make that hard decision, that hard choice where we have to go and fight this land. But in order for that transition, that shift to take place, Israel had to say, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of the way things have been. I'm tired of being a slave. I'm tired of wandering around in my life and not really uh, uh, arriving at any destination, just walking in circles. And I'm tired of not really feeling like I'm living up to my full purpose that God has called me to. Uh, but you have to make up that uh, in your mind that I, I want to fight for something new. I want to see something new in God. I want to fight for a new life and, and fight for a new land and fight for the destiny that God has called me to. We have to make that choice in our mind each and every day, every week and every month because God is calling us and he's transitioning us into a new place, a new realm, a new destiny. But we have to realize that we got to fight to get to that place. Musicians, if you would come, Ephesians 4, 22, that you put off, the, put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. There has to be a putting off. There has to be putting off of the of the old man, of the old woman. There has to be a decision, a transition that is being made that we're saying we're putting off the old man, the old ways, and we're putting on that new man, that new woman, which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. 
both of those things take an effort to do, and both of those things have to be done in order to see the fulfillment that God has called in your life. We have to put off that old way, and we have to put on the new way, and that takes effort. That takes faith. That takes courage to say, no, we're not doing that anymore. No, we're not going down that way anymore. We've wandered that path for too many years. We've gone our, we've made our own decisions for far too long, and it's never got us anywhere. We have to stand today and say, we are making a transition. We are going to go into the promised land the place where God has called us, but we have to understand that we're going to be willing to fight, that there's going to be giants that are there waiting for us. There's going to be situations that are going to test our faith, but we have to have the resolve. We have to have the courage to say, we're not going back to Egypt, but we're going forward to where God has called us to. And if we make that choice, to follow after God where he's leading us. doesn't matter where we go. We have to understand this, that God will provide for us because he is a provider. And that every step, every place where our soul of our foot steps upon, treads upon, God will give us that. And so it doesn't really matter where we are, where we end up, where we're going. We're going in the right direction. It doesn't matter what type of ground we step upon. God will give us that ground. But we have to be willing to fight for that. Fight for that new land, that new promise. Fight for the fulfillment of your calling, of the purpose of your life. You cannot reach it by being lazy, by being spiritually lazy and apathetic to what God is calling us to do. No, we have to put off that old man, put off that old conversation, uh, and we have to put on the new man, the new woman, the new calling that God has called us to do. Joshua 13 and 1 says, Now Joshua was old and stricken in years. The Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years. Maybe he didn't realize that, but God reminded him, Hey, buddy, you're old and stricken in years. And there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. It doesn't matter how long you have been in this. There is still more land to be possessed. There is still more new territories for you to conquer in your walk with God. It doesn't matter how long you've been in it. There's still a fight in you. There's still a calling in you. There's still a purpose in you. Skipping down to verse 7. Now therefore divide this land for an inheritance unto the nine tribes and the half tribe of Manasseh. They're in the promised land. They fought. They pushed back the enemies. They conquered the enemies. And God says now's the time to disperse the inheritance. They have reached this place. In verse 8, with whom the Reubenites, the Gadites, have received their inheritance, which Moses gave them beyond Jordan eastward, even as Moses the servant 
uh, of the Lord gave them. And so now was the time to give out the land as an inheritance, and they were given to nine and a half tribes of Israel. Why nine and a half? Because two and a half already made the choice, the decision, before they even crossed the Jordan River, before they even saw the promised land, they said, we're staying over here. We like this side of the Jordan. Give us this land as our inheritance, and we will not go over into the promised land. We'll stay right here, and we'll be content with this what, what we see with our eyes. They were attracted by the land outside of the promised land. It was a place for cattle, and they did not want to cross the Jordan River. Apparently, their first concern was making a living and not having an inheritance. They represent the many borderline believers in the church today who are close proximity to God's promise, but they've never really reached it. They've never really attained the promise because they're settling for on the other side of the Jordan River. They are willing to serve the Lord and help their brethren fight for a time, but eventually they're going to head back, back over the Jordan River, back to their comfort zone. And the fact that they don't live in God's place of promise doesn't seem to bother them at all. It's disturbing that they're content on the other side of the Jordan River. They choose, they chose to be just outside of the promised land. Nobody made them live there. They made the choice themselves. And there was a bigger, there was a barrier between them and God, and they put it there. They put the Jordan River between them and the promised land. They were content with just living on the outskirts, close enough to the blessing, but not there receiving it. Close to the breakthrough, but something just kind of held them back from fully giving it all. Close enough to the healing, but never come close enough to really receiving the fullness of it. And that's not who I want to do be. That's not what I want to choose to do. I want to go where God is calling us. I want to go into the promised land. I want to cross the Jordan River. I want to go into the transition. Wherever God is leading us, that's where I want to go. All that God has for me, because He is the God of provision. He will provide for us. We just need to step out and claim it and step out and fight for it. Why don't we do that tonight? Why don't we worship the Lord? Why don't we make a proclamation? God, I want to go where you are calling me. I'm going to step out in faith and say, God, I know there's giants lying ahead. I know there's a transition period that we're, we're going through right now. But I'm going to stand today and say, God, I'm going across. I'm going across that Jordan. I'm going to come into the promised land. Why? Because God will never leave us or forsake us. Come on, let's worship Him tonight. You are God alone from before time began. He has something for us. You are on your throne. On the other side of all of this. You are God alone. 
in the good times and bad. Forward, forward. You are on your throne. Oh God, you're still you on are throne. God alone. All of this. You are God alone. From before time began, you are on your throne. You are exalt his name. Let's let him know how great he is. Hallelujah, Jesus. We lift you up, Lord. We exalt you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We put our faith, our trust in you. We stand upon your word, God, that you have good things in store for us. No matter what is lying ahead, God, we know that you are our provider. We know that every place the sole of our foot treads upon, you will give to us. So we go forward boldly and we're in full confidence that you are going to be there with us right by our side and you will bring us through and into what you have in store for us. Amen. We're, I'm excited for Sunday, for getting together again, to be able to worship the Lord together. Amen. This is, this transition, this thing, this phase is coming to an end. And we're moving into what this next season is for us. But we know that we're going with God and God's going before us. And so we have nothing to fear. We are the people of God. Amen. And we're going to come through this even better than before. Amen. Remember, uh, prayer starts at 1015 on Sunday. Worship service is at 11. Amen. We look forward to worshiping with you all. Uh, God bless you all. We'll see you on Sunday.